Hello, welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing today? Doing good, man. We got a lot to discuss tonight, so let's get to it. Yeah, we uh we do have a lot to discuss. We're gonna start off by uh, reviewing and recapping the uh, the Ryder Cup from this past weekend. Uh, it was uh, a disappointing performance, to say the least, from Team USA. And, you know, there was a few bright spots. I kind of, when I was going through my notes, I kind of decided to do a, a good, the bad, and the ugly as regards to the to the USA team. But I do want to say congratulations to the European squad. You know, they deserve the win. They played much better. But uh, as far as the good for the U.S., I thought it was uh, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau and, and Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson. I think they all played solid golf over the course of the event, and uh, you know they they were really the the bright spots for the United States. And and for the bad, I had Tiger, Phil, and and Spieth. You know they were all kind of disappointing. You know none of them really played up to their standard over there across the pond, and. Uh, it was not a good good weekend for those three guys. And then the ugly is obviously Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka allegedly getting into a near altercation in the locker room. You know, that's not a good look. You know, there's a lot of egos, obviously, uh, for the United States squad. You know, there's a lot of young talent on, on, the, on the squad. So I believe that probably had a lot to do with it and, and the fact that neither guy was really playing well or, you know, up to their standard, to say the least. And uh, – you know, it's it's probably hard, you know, in a team event like that to uh, to not have a little, not let your ego get in the way. So, uh, yeah. you know, it really wasn't a good showing for the, for the United States, and it's disappointing, you know, that they they couldn't come away with a victory. You know, you mentioned it last week that it was 1993, I believe, since we've won over there. Yeah. So, uh, I was hoping that could change this year. You know, there's always, you know, 2020, so we'll see about that, but I just wanted to kind of give my thoughts on that. Jake, what's your thoughts on the Ryder Cup? You know, um, you, you touched on the bright spots. Um, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to the European side. I mean, um, you know, Fleetwood and Molinari, they uh, they went undefeated in their foursomes, you know, on the weekend. But, right. but Finau absolutely just took it to Fleetwood there, you know, on Sunday and uh, – like you said, he was a bright spot. Um, and, um, you know, Roy did good in his foursomes. Uh, Justin uh, Justin really took, you know, that the first match on Sunday was Justin Thomas versus Roy. And and I hated the way on 18, the way it ended for Roy to get in the bunker and all that. Right, they, they, yeah. They was playing. I mean, that was just great golf there. You know, I, I, real quick on Justin – that one chip in he had that he had to have, I think it was right around 14 or 15. Yeah. That chip in that he made was just unbelievable. That dude is so calm under pressure. He he is, you know, he, he's 25 years old. Him and Finau seem like they may be the future of the, of the Ryder Cup for the United States. Yep. And uh, I'm really excited about that in the future. But, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts on JT. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, – we got a lot of young young talent uh, on the USA side. You know, I was like you said, disappointed in speed. Uh, he really hadn't had a good year. Maybe he can he can bounce back. Uh, Tiger, he 
he looked like he was coming back into form and gets over there and goes 0-4 on the, on the you know, in the Ryder Cup. Uh, that just wasn't him. Phil, you know, he he struggled. Um, but, you know, with with uh, Brooks and Justin, if Spieth can get back to it, um, Reed, you know, there's a lot of young talent. And I, I don't think we're, we'll be out of it. Just uh, we're just – we're just letting the Europeans hold that trophy for for a little while until we come <laughs> back, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would I'll feel much better about it on the U.S. soil, that's for sure. Definitely, yes. Uh, but moving on from that, we're going to get back to some college football. We didn't really talk much last week, and I missed it. You know, I, I really love talking college football. I think it's the the greatest sport in the land. I know a lot of people think NFL is, but. There's just something about the pageantry of, of college football that's special to me. And when you go to a campus, you know, in the especially in the southeast, there's so much history and tradition. It, there's just, uh, you know, it just it gives you goosebumps when you get on campus. And it's yeah. really just something special. So we're going to get back into some college football. The first game we're going to talk about is Alabama at Arkansas. You know, Arkansas has struggled so far this season. But, you know, they've actually played – you know, they played A&M pretty tough. They played Auburn tough. The score didn't really indicate it, but, you know, they they, they played pretty well against Auburn. But, uh, you know, so they're they're really – they're a growing team under their new head coach, Chad Morris. So, they don't really have the players for his offensive scheme. I believe we touched on it a couple of weeks ago how, you know, he's kind of trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. So, yeah, he it's a work in progress in Fayetteville right now. But Alabama, you know, they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, I do want to you mention, you know, we need to watch the linebacker play, especially the middle linebackers for Alabama. You know, they uh, they don't they don't seem to be stopping the run like, you know, we're accustomed to seeing yeah. the Alabama defense do. I mean, they're not terrible against the run. We're, you know, we're kind of spoiled in that regard. Hmm. But I, I do think the run defense needs to improve. Uh, I, I would like to see some more depth along the defensive line. But, you know, the, the offense – it really just seems unstoppable, whether two is in the quarterback or Jalen's in the quarterback. And uh, Jalen Waddle's busting on the scene. He is a big play waiting to happen. So this Alabama team's a lot of fun. You know, they'll, they'll probably win this one going away. You know, they'll probably – I would I, I'm going to say they score 51, and I'm saying the final's going to be 51 to, to 13. Um, you know, we, we – t- um, Arkansas, they – like you said, they've struggled. Um, I mean, they, they played A&M well, uh, but you got to look past history. That's always a tough game. You know, it's always a close game. It could go either way. Um, but they looked absolutely terrible against North Texas. And that fake fake out punt, you know, that, right. that, that was a blemish on their season. Um, and, and, and Alabama, like you said, their offense is just amazing. What – you know, we talk about Tua all the time, but I mean, it's just he does something amazing every game. It seems like, and and what I love is he throws like it was. Then the game last week, we was like maybe on the twenty fifteen fifth and score a touchdown, but we threw a pass, and I think it was either Judy or uh, uh, Devonte Smith, but he didn't get off his blocker yet or the the corner and. And then uh, Tua had already thrown, and, right. and he threw it right there, right where he's supposed to be at. I mean, Tua knows when he throws it, his guy's going to be there, and the receiver knows where the ball's going to be at when he throws it. And it's just, and when when that when that's clicking, you know, the the running game hasn't really got gotten off to a hot start. You know, Saban talked about it, 
they got to get them, get them going. Got to get the offensive line run block a bit better. But uh, but offensively, they are are amazing. Right. You know, the offensive line that they're they're not finishing their blocks. They're, no. they're getting where they need to be, and, and the initial block is okay. But they're not really finishing their blocks. And I believe Saban touched on that. You know, uh, you know, last week. So that's something to watch out for too. This week's game, this week's matchup will be a good, good way to, you know, kind of test that running game and yeah. test that offensive line. But uh, moving on to our, our next matchup, uh, uh, we're going to talk about Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. Yes, say that five times real fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Oklahoma is favored by eight and a half right now. Uh, you know, but you know, Texas does seem like they, they've improved since the opening loss to Maryland. Their defense is playing much better. They're they're tough to run the ball against. Uh, you know, uh, Sam Ellinger's playing a lot better in his sophomore season. He's taking care of the ball. He's making some plays for the offense. Uh, so, I, and in Oklahoma, of course, you know you can't talk about them without talking about Kyler Murray. That dude is special. Him and Tua right now are the two best players in college football. Oh, hands down. And 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 especially they're the two most fun guys to watch too. They're just, yeah. I mean, they're cheat codes as people call them. Yeah, right. But uh. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're high, high, high octane offense. Can put up some points, but it is a rivalry game, and I believe Texas defense is going to play really well. And I'm going to call for the upset: Texas 21, Oklahoma 20. Oh wow! Um, I was looking back. You know, a couple of weeks ago we watched. You know, Oklahoma struggle against Army. Of course, that's a different offense. It's a triple option offense. And those are tougher stops. Um, right. And I was like, well, I didn't know what, what they did last week. I didn't have to keep up with it. But uh, they won 66 to 33 against Baylor. Now, the bright spots, I would say, for Baylor, Charlie Brewer threw for 400 yards against Oklahoma. Of course, the Big 12 don't really play defense, but Oklahoma's probably got one of the best defenses in, in the Big 12. Um, but, but that's a good thing. But I, I'm with you. I'm actually picking the upset, too. Um, I think it's going to be a neck-and-neck game, and I think Texas is going to win on a late field goal. I'm saying 31-30. to All right. So, we we were both going with the upset there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a a great game. It's 11 a.m. kickoff. So, they're playing at the same time as Alabama. So, I guess I'll have two TVs going or my (laughs) laptop or – be keeping up with both anyway. Definitely. But uh, uh, moving on to the uh, to the fourth topic of the night, we're going to talk about LSU at Florida, the two thirty CBS kickoff. You know, the uh, it's kind of strange. LSU's favored by two and a half, but the FBI FPI has Florida as a fifty eight percent chance of winning. It's a strange game to me. You know, I don't, I still don't really know how to take LSU. I mean, I know that Burrow has has played really consistent ball at quarterback. You know, he actually is coming off his best game last week against Ole Miss. But, you know, who hadn't played well against that Ole Miss defense? Right. But, uh, you know, both teams play really good defense. So, it's probably going to be a low-scoring game or a lower-scoring game. But I'll be honest with you, I think I think LSU's ability to run the ball on this Florida defense is going to be the difference in the game. And I'm going to have LSU winning 27-14. to 14. All right. Um I'm going a little bit different. I I think you know going down to uh, it's that swamp, ain't it? Yes. Yeah. It's it's hard to play down there. Don't matter how how bad Florida is, and they 
both teams really last week, them and uh, Mississippi State looked absolutely atrocious, you know, uh, only 13 to 6 game. But, um, you know, I, I'm seeing flashes from uh, Felipe Franks. Uh, he can, can, can be a good quarterback. Um, I think it's still, I think it's going to be another two, you know, a couple years before Mullen gets gets to where you know he needs to be to get get them back in uh, the SEC East race. But I'm actually going to go the upset, uh, twenty to seventeen. I just or twenty to fourteen. I think just you know, playing Swamp is going to be the difference maker. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that happening. I just feel like LSU's running game is really going to take over, especially late in that second half. I believe it's going to be a really close game, but LSU scores a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter and yeah. to to ice the game, and, and that's why I'm going with with LSU, with LSU on the road. Right. Uh, but going on to – moving on to the, to the fifth uh, topic in the fourth game is Kentucky at A&M. You know, Kentucky's kind of been the storyline early on this season. Uh but you know, Jimbo's done 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 a solid job with Texas A and M in his first season. Yes. But uh, Benny Snell, he's legit. I mean, you can't talk about Kentucky without talking about Benny Snell. Yes. That 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 dude. I mean. Uh, he's he he's really been the difference maker for for Kentucky right now. Yes. But uh. A&M is a six-point favorite at home, you know, with the 12th man. You know, that, that's a tough place to play. Uh, it's as hard a place to play as anywhere in the country. And, uh, you know, Kentucky's been the nice story right now. But I, I just think A&M at home uh, will, will, will prevail, and I'm going with a score of 24 to 20, A&M. So you're, you're saying that uh, UK is going to have their first loss on the year. That's, yeah. That's, uh, that's big there. Um you know, I it's going to be a good game. Um, I, I'm starting to believe in Kentucky. Like you said, Benny Snell is awesome. He's only a junior. It, I mean, he's having a great year this year. He can come back and have another great year. I mean, that that's crazy to think about. But you know, I, I think the way he's playing, he's going to be he's going to go to the NFL. But I I think it's Kentucky's time. Um, they. I don't know. They they just seem to be playing with a lot of heart right now, and um, and I really from with my heart, I, I really want them to be undefeated when they play Georgia, and just to, for the East, you know, whoever we'll wins that game will win the East. But yeah, um, but I, I'm actually I'm going to go Kentucky uh, just because I want them to be undefeated. I'm going twenty eight to seventeen. It, this really has more. Not that I don't believe in Kentucky, but mm-hmm. I, I just believe that. Uh, this game is more about how well A and M plays, and and not, you know, not so much about what Kentucky is or isn't. I mean, I think Kentucky is a good football team. They play really good defense. They can run the ball. So that's that's the recipe for a solid team. Oh yeah. But on the road at night, at the twelfth man, uh, I think I think A and M slows down Benny Snell. I don't think they shut him down because. He's almost impossible to shut down. But, uh, I, like I said, I, I think A&M will, will win it. And, you know, the odds maker have A&M favored. So, right. you know, maybe I'm on to something here. But uh, moving on to uh, Auburn at Mississippi State, you know, this will probably be about the most boring game to watch. Uh, <laughs> neither offense is playing well right now. 
Auburn is struggling to run the ball. Uh, their offensive line is not getting much of a push. They don't really have a difference maker in the backfield. A lot of their run, a lot of their yardage on the run is on jet sweeps to uh, what is it Schwartz? Is that is that the guy's name? That's so fast. Yeah, yeah. he gets to the edge so fast. But uh, he, you know, it's a Mississippi State struggling on offense. Nick Fitzgerald just just doesn't seem to have it clicking right now with Joe Moorhead at the helm. You know, and a lot of people had Mississippi State hopped up to begin the year, and and I kind of I, I didn't really believe in it. You know, I you got to prove it to me. You got to prove that you can have that staying power, and right? That you can and you can stay with the big boys in the SEC. And I just didn't. I just you know you got to prove it, and I, I just didn't see Mississippi State staying up there. They have a really good defense. Their defensive line's really good. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons and. Uh, you know, the rest of that defensive line are really good players. Uh, but I, I, I really feel like Auburn's the better team. I think Auburn's defense makes a couple plays at the at near the end of the game. And I think Auburn's going to win it 17 to 13. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be Strugglesville for sure. Um, like I said, both both offenses, you know, this is a game of who whose offense is going to going to get rolling first. And um Here's the interesting that I actually got in an argument with a guy the other day who's a big Auburn fan, but you know, there's only I think one game that that Jared Stidham uh, has only played like his second half in. That was the Alabama State game. Um, other than that, he's played all four quarters, and uh, he only had five touchdown passes. Jalen Hurts, who only started you know a half, well probably what uh, he plays in pretty much the second half of every game. He's got five touchdown passes. So, you know, that just show and, and Alabama's second, you know, second string quarterback has as many touchdown passes as Auburn's first string. You know, Jared Stidham can't can't throw the ball um as good this year because he has no run support. They're they're really hurting on uh, you know, missing carry on Johnson and uh it's it's showing. And um I but I do think they win um uh, I got them winning twenty four to seventeen. Yeah, you know, uh, Auburn's you know, and, and teams are not even playing Auburn, you know, to, to stop the run. They're playing, you know, a basic defense, and you know, just Auburn just can't get no push in the offensive line, and, and you know, they're not really protecting Stidham that well. Right. He's having to, to to throw on the move a lot. It's throwing off the timing in the route. So, you know, there's a lot of variables that are that are causing the the, the low numbers for for Jarrett Stidham in the Auburn offense. Definitely. Uh, but moving on to our uh, final game is Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. This is the the biggest matchup of, of this week in college football. Uh, Notre Dame is a six-point favorite on the road in Blacksburg. Uh, but, you know, ever since Notre Dame's put in the end book, this offense has been totally different. Uh-huh. You know, he, he has lit a spark in that offense that, that Wimbush just didn't give him. And uh, he's he's been a real difference maker for them, and I think I think he's made Notre Dame a much better football team than what they were uh, the first couple of games of the season. You know, in, in Virginia Tech, they lost a couple of weeks ago to Old Dominion, which yeah. is just inexcusable. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you lose. I didn't even know Old Dominion had a football team, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just uh, you, you can't you can't do that if you're Justin Fuente, and that's that's a bad loss. And uh, but I do think Virginia Tech's a, a, a good football team. You know they just they they probably looked over Old Dominion. You know and it's and that, that just goes to show if if you don't 
prepare every week like it's the most important game, then Old Dominion can happen to you. So, uh, but I, I think it'll be a good football game. But I think a night game in Blattsburg, Inner Sandman, the whole vibe, the stadium will be rocking. Virginia Tech upsets Notre Dame in a thriller, 38-35. to 35. Wow, we got a lot of upsets today, you know. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm actually still going to pit Notre Dame. Um, the, the biggest thing, and, and I'll give him credit, um, um, the guy who's come in after Josh, Josh, uh, Josh Jackson went down with injury, he played really well against Duke. They did beat Duke at Duke, and Duke was undefeated at the time. Uh, so that's a big win. But like you said, uh, I, I believe I caught it in the very first podcast. I thought Ian Book would, would eventually take over the reins. And when he when he come in, that, that offense, uh, a lot of little fire underneath them. Right. They've been clicking ever since. So I think I think they'll keep it close. Um, like you said, inner Sandman at, at – uh, Vautech, but without the ability, you know, Josh Jackson being there, uh, I think it might rattle the new guy a little bit. And I think ND pulls, uh, Notre Dame pulls away late 38 to 27. Yeah, that's a, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm picking Virginia Tech mainly because of, of being at home. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a hard place to play. And I remember back a long time ago, this is kind of, you know, Virginia Tech played a lot of games on Thursday night. Yeah. And that place was always rocking. That, that I want to visit that stadium sometime. It just seems, it's not very big, but you know, their fans are into it. And when they start enter Sandman before the players in the field, that that's just uh that that's one of the best and most electrifying atmospheres in all of college football. Definitely. And um I, I just feel like Virginia Tech, you know, kinda has something to prove after losing to Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they'll be ready to play when they when they get back home to Blacksburg. Right. But uh, you know, uh that's all we have for, for tonight. You know, we, we discussed several topics, you know, the Ryder Cup, uh, you know, Bama and Arkansas, Texas and Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Kentucky and A and M, Auburn and Mississippi State, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. You know, the Braves are, are fixing to start their series later on this week, uh, with the with the Dodgers out in LA. First so uh, that's that's a tough matchup for the Braves. Uh, a lot of people are calling that the, the LA is going to sweep them. I I think Atlanta wins wins one. I don't know if they'll win the series. I I think I think Kershaw and that, and that rotation for the Dodgers is going to be just a little bit too much for the Braves. But uh, I think it, I think it'll be a good series. But I think the Dodgers do do win it. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Right. What, what, what do you think about about the series real quick before we finish up? Uh, I, I got two things I want to say before we finish. Uh, first, the Braves. Um, I, I think they. Um, I think they can keep it close. Um, I'm actually thinking they they can they can win this series. That series is going to be a little tough, but but what's going to hurt them is uh, Dansby. Uh, report come out yesterday. He's not. Uh, he's not been batting any, so he's probably going to be off the roster. Uh, so that. You know, Culberson's going to come in, play short. You know, he's struggled at short and in the field this year. He's had a bunch of errors, um, and that just weakens the bench. But um, the other thing I want to mention is uh, I i don't really watch much NFL football, um, but when I do, I only watch pretty much the Tennessee Titans because I, I, they're close and I really like them. But I got to give, give them guys a hand for, for an, an excellent overtime victory against the 
you know, Super Bowl champions of last year, the Eagles. I mean, I watched that game from start to finish, and it was absolutely amazing. And uh, people talk about, you know, Mariota, uh, he's he's not the quarterback that they need. Well, he, he showed out the other day, and he's still injured, you know. Um, he was pretty much forced back into action when Blaine Gabbert went down with a concussion, and he he just – he had a great game the other night. So, I was excited to see that. I'm hoping this will give them a spark and they can do something this year. You know, and they, they, they're, what, 3-1 three, three and one right now? Correct. And, and they have a win over Jacksonville, who's who's probably the most talented team in that division. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they've started off well the season, the Titans have, and that was a big <laughs> win, you know, a couple of weeks ago at Jacksonville and then getting the win at home versus the defending Super Bowl champs and the – Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. But that's all we have for tonight on the Double Coverage Podcast. Give our Twitter a follow uh, at DoubleCov underscore pod. Remember that you can subscribe to our podcast now on uh, Apple Podcasts, so please do that. You can also get to us on Spotify. Just search for Double Coverage Podcast, and you'll see our logo there. And uh, you can follow us there and listen to our podcast there, or you can download the Anchor app and and find us on there. And – we, we hope to continue to grow our podcast. We're, we're thankful for the support we've had so far. We're having fun doing this. And uh, we look forward to doing another episode next week. Y'all have a good one. This is Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. Y'all have a good night. See y'all. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.